Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to have a look at a different approach to stakeholders. This has come about as a result of an article that I read and shared with Fuliana and we'll put the link to the actual article at the bottom of the post here. It's about 12 months old, the actual article, but I think very relevant as we begin to think about how we are going back to business and what we're going to do. There's three different speakers. The, the one that I found the most interesting was the first one, who was from AGL, the Australian Gas Light Company, and she talked about the difference between what the current approach is to stakeholders and what you should be thinking about as a next generation approach to stakeholders. I will just run through quickly what she sees as the current approach and then we'll talk about how she thinks we should be moving on to a different kind of approach. So what she sees as the current approach is the decide, announce and defend approach. So you're selling X benefit to gain acceptance to counter the risk of Y, the letter Y. And the drawback with that approach is that experts and others who might be your stakeholders analyse risks in very different ways. So the experts will take an impersonal and detached view and the others, whether they're stakeholders in your organisation or the community or other organisations altogether, might measure it in more human or more personal terms. And obviously they're going to measure it in more personal terms, I would think. The problem with that is that those contrasts in how they're analysing the risks create the barriers to mutual understanding and communication. When dealing with stakeholders, the hardest thing I found was identifying who the stakeholders are. That might seem a bit sort of easy and you think it's obvious, and in some cases it is obvious, but in other cases it's not so obvious. So you can be, in biggest terms, your own team, your boss, your co-workers, etc., but then it can be the customers, the shareholders, the suppliers, the lenders. <laughs> it can go on and on and on. And it could be the government parts of it, which is regulatory type of things, etc. Audit committees, etc. So that sounds like a bit daunting, but it isn't. It's also it's it's the first thing you do is have a look and say, well, this is what I'm doing. Let's say it's a project in the corporate office. Or we having the council, which is we having an initiative to upgrade the roads or whatever. Who really would be affected by this? Who would they have to be involved? What their involvement will be, we can look at later. But to start off with identifying those people that are relevant. To me, that's, that's the first, first step. And it's a very big step, so you're not forgetting anyone. <laughs> in our corporate lives, we probably do that without identifying that that's the exercise that we're doing. So we'll do things like we'll say, well, who's talking about us? So they must be stakeholders. Mm. That's the company view there. That's the company stakeholders who is talking about us. But we should probably talk to someone about mm. this project. And so that's more about stakeholders within the project rather than the company. Or we need to talk about this. And that's more about the issue itself, not so much a project. So, so three levels almost of stakeholders that you need to identify or three areas that you need to think about in terms of stakeholders. That's right. 
Then the next thing is to do some analysis. A lot of those stakeholders, you are familiar with them or as a similar group for other times you dealt with them. So you might have an existing relationship with some of these. Those analysis and getting the data to back you up, you already got a relationship with and you need to continue and cement that relationship. If you've got a relationship that needs fixing, mending, you've got to get that done or get it back on an even keel. If you don't know that person or group, you need to establish that. And you need to establish that by getting to know them and getting that respect and trust happening. So a relationship building right at the beginning. One of the most important things, as you can keep saying all the time, communication, communication, communication. That's really important. And also asking them and not telling them what they need. Listening and getting to know what their needs are. To some people, that sounds like, well, it's no point asking them because I can't do this, this and this. I rather bring that up upfront. Listen about their needs and don't close anything on and off. Just take it all in place and throughout the, the process, identify what's doable, what's not as a group and not just shutting them down before you hear what they have to say and why. There might be another way around what they need. It's interesting that you talk about it in that way because the this particular article then goes on to talk about how we should be engaging with stakeholders once we've identified them. And it's about a declare, acknowledge, vision and evaluation approach. And the first one, first point about it is that it means talking with our stakeholders and not at the stakeholders. And then goes on to talk about how you can do that. And it is about if you're having a meeting, ask them for the agenda items. Focus on their concerns not the identified benefits that you think they should be interested in out of the project, but what are their concerns? What are the barriers? In sales terms, if you've got a sales group that work with you, one of the things that we used to focus on in training was counter the objections. Think about the objections that people are going to have when you go into that situation and talk to them. Talk to the objections and make it transparent, make it clear that you understand that they have concerns, that you're not trying to sell them anything because the barrier goes up as soon as they feel like they're being sold something, that they become invisible to your outcome. So it's about focus on the concerns, not the ident- your identified benefits. Share draft reports of the meetings to show that their input is helping to shape the project rather than just present them with the final project report at the end of the time so that they don't know anything other than they went to this meeting. Now, how many times, really, have we gone to meetings where we've been asked for input, where we've done our research beforehand, where we've been responsible enough to say, this is the position of my group, my company, my department, whatever it is, and then six months later we've been presented with the final report and you have to wade through it to find out whether you've actually had any input or not. Communicating throughout the relationship, throughout that. So you took us back to right at the draft stage. That's very, very important rather than then they know they are actually inputting and being listened to and taken into account. But throughout 
the, the process. You need to keep checking how the relationship is going. And somebody might be totally happy to start off with and start losing interest. You need to be on top of that. Or it could be the other way around. You might think, oh, this person is being very negative and in your mind it's negative and, and you're kind of working on that. But what you realize as we moved along, that person could see where we're going and will be positive contributor. One of the other things that I found is stakeholders are all obviously different and individual. And some of them like to be more engaged than others. Mm. Now, with the ones that seem to be want to be engaged and they every step of the way, every step of the way, they want to know everything. Okay. But don't do that 80-20 rule where you're giving them all the airtime, all your attention. Forgetting about the ones that are not as engaged by choice. But you keep an eye on that because those people could be the supporters, the ones that will give you some more positive input and they're the ones that can get things undone because you didn't check with them and then you're three quarters there and they say, oh, what about? And that hasn't been covered. Not everybody is as engaged, but it's your job to make sure that you don't forget one over the other. I think too in that communication with your stakeholders that you should always use plain English and we we recommend plain English communication for all sorts of things. In saying that, you shouldn't assume that your stakeholders don't want to know the technical details as well. Now, I have a, a wonderful example from many years ago where my parents have a farm and there was long wall mining proposed to go underneath it's a, a regional rural valley, one road in and out. There's, own, there's about 70 farms along the, the stretch of the, the road. They're all around 25 to 40 acres in size. They had a community meeting. Most of them would know one another by sight, but not necessarily by name. They were talking about the impact of the mine on in terms of their internet access. The mine developers weren't interested in whether the valley was going to get internet or not. To my mind, that started to ring alarm bells because I thought this is an opportunity for this company who have been battling this local group right through to the Land and Environment Court to give back something to the community, to, to provide them with something that they would trust that they would do. It went on for probably six months of back and forwards. We would see the same people at the community meetings who, who were the, the local residents. Nobody said anything in particular to give any indication that they understood the technical side of what they were asking the mine to do in terms of putting up a, a tower. And at the very last meeting where the mine said, well, we're not going to do it, one of the local residents got up and he spoke about all of the options that the residents might have now that they knew the actual truth of the situation in terms of the mine. And he was a fellow who we thought was just a pit street farmer, for want of a better term. That's those of you who, who aren't aware of it, it just means it's someone who comes from the city and has that little hobby farm. And that's how we had categorised him. But what he did have was, I think, probably 40 years of international telecommunications experience. And yes, he was a Pitt Street farmer, but he brought to that meeting a whole lot of technical information that the mine representatives were not expecting. And so the meeting went a very different way after that. So my message out of it is certainly talk in plain English in terms of, of meeting with your stakeholders, but don't assume that they might not want to know the technical detail as well.
don't forget your internal stakeholders either. Stakeholders can get put offside by finding about what stage you're at and where you're at with the project, whatever sort of project, from some other stakeholders, particularly external. Now, you've got a whole lot of resources and talents as part of your team or internal departments, whatever you want to call them, and therefore don't ignore them, treat them exactly the same as any stakeholders. They're very important to the project. The other thing is talking about the scope of the project, a number of arguments happen about the scope because somebody would say, but I need this and this is you not doing that and why isn't that in? So early in the piece, you've got to agree about the scope so that you stay within the scope and don't have what they call a scope creep. You start doing something and then somebody else says, I want this, I want that. Before you know it, the scope has got out of hand. You will never be able to deliver on it. So people say, so should we ignore things that are suggested that are good? The answer is absolutely not. What you say, this project, this is what we're doing and this is what we agreed as a scope. It can work perfectly up to a point. Now, if we need to do other things, that could be the next project and stage two, we have to put it up for agreement. So we won't ignore it. We harness all the good information, but we do not just allow people to take us left, right and, and out of the scope. And along with that, I think it's, it's about finding independent monitoring and evaluation. So I think you should agree with your stakeholders that you will have some independent monitoring and evaluation, that you share the data and the results, even if those results contradict what you were expecting or what you forecast would happen because transparency and trust go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. That's true. The other thing is as part of your team, you might have consultants working on different aspects of it. I've been very fortunate and have worked with fantastic consultants. They were absolutely needed for the project. However, it would be remiss of anyone to let that knowledge then at the end of the project just disappear. So what you need to do is harness that information and that contribution and make sure that knowledge is transferred and harnessed by existing members of the team. That will do a number of things. One is you'll be able to continue and continue with the success. You'll help your people grow new skills as well. The last point that I had that I got out of the article was about the moral relevance of stakeholders. I think that if you're the one who is engaging the stakeholders, you have to acknowledge that they might not be happy about the project. And in in acknowledging that, you're not focusing on why they don't want it. Because Mm. the focus on why they don't want it takes you away from the fact that it is already happening and that what you're asking is for their input. You're not, you know, the decision is already made about the project itself. And yes, you might not be happy about it. And I guess it's often that would happen more in terms of uh, infrastructure projects where we would look at some big construction projects and say, well, you know, the community stakeholders are not happy about this tower going up, this highway going through, whatever it is. Yes, we understand that you're not happy about it, but we can't not make the decision. So let's look at what we can do together rather than why you don't want it because the why you don't want it, the time for expressing that is past.
Yes. And yes, you you have to be hard in those situations, but you've also got to bring them into the moment. And that's really, really important because sometimes that is where you have derailment. Yeah. It's because you are not clear about the point of discussion for that is past and we're starting from here. We're here now to make this happen, as you just said. But that I find in many, many times, at least two or three weeks of the project, which is hugely significant when yeah. you could avoid it. And certainly there will be situations where a project does stop part the way through because the outcomes are not what you expected, the forecasts are not what you expected. If I can go back to the mine example, that was supposedly going to be a 20-year mining exercise under this floodplain valley. They did all of their core samples. They did all of their projections. The mining had never been done under this kind of a valley before, so they didn't really have any research to go on to know what their projections might be. When it got Mm -hmm. to the point where they came under the family farm, we were expecting them to be underneath for two years and they were gone within six months because they didn't find the quality of coal that they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So as much as we objected to the project all the way along beforehand, we didn't feel like they had done their research, all of the things that would normally you would expect to happen in that situation. Once we knew that the mine was happening, it happened and the outcome was better for us in the long run because it it didn't go on for as long as we expected. Yes, there was damage, but we knew that there was going to be damage and the damage was within the parameters. They didn't take responsibility of it, but, you know, that that was all of the discussion beforehand. The fact that you you are clear with your stakeholders, transparent with your your stakeholders, and you've developed some level of trust, that evaluation that we talked about just a little while back, of having that done independently means that if there's a change to the project, well, it changes and you don't have to, at that point, when it does change, you don't say, well, I told you so. You don't sit back as the stakeholder or the manager and say, well, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. And, you know, it's just, okay, the decision's been made, let's move on to the next thing. We started off by, when talking about stakeholders, talking about trust, transparency, building relationships. Always remember that holders for this project and some of them will be stakeholders for other projects as well. Relationships are not confined to a timeline or to a specific project. They go beyond that and then your reputation and their reputation. So think of it in the trust, transparency, etc., long-term as well as short-term. It's about your brand. It's about you being ethical. It's about you being true to what you say. And this way, that relationship then is two-way between you and a stakeholder, not just for here and now, but for other projects and uh, situations as well. Absolutely, because the outcomes, regardless of whether they're positive or negative, can be sustained well beyond that actual project or that actual activity. So You've got to think about long-term. This is just an activity, basically, that that involves these stakeholders, but it'll be a string of activities, a chain of events that will carry you through or carry the business or the organisation through. Okay, well, I think we've covered that topic fairly well. As I said, we'll put the link to the article on the bottom of the post, but for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.